Hi, this is Mukda Pradhan. I'm a functional nutritionist and the founder of iThrive and I make diseases disappear. Welcome to iThrive's exclusive podcast. You're one stop to learn everything about nutrition, healing, wellness, mental health and basically just figure out how to live the best version of your life. Sit back and unwind as we share some health information with you. So, welcome everyone. And today's guest is so special. Like, I can't even tell you how much because I think the entire journey, like when I when I thought of returning to India from Toronto and coming here and setting up, I tried and like, you know, doing the work I do. One of the biggest, uh, like one of the things that helped me in that decision making was the fact that I discovered Life Plugin. So we have Gautam Khetrapal here, who's the founder of Life Plugin. Uh, his work and his uh, influence in my life has been really instrumental also in a lot of my own personal growth and my journey. And I'm not going to take too much time um, introducing him. I would want him to introduce himself. But uh, he's here, he's a friend, uh, he's an amazing, amazing, amazing person and I'm really lucky to be talking to him today and I know someone from my team is like, I'm so jealous because you're going to talk to Gautam. So, uh, uh-huh. welcome to Gautam and would you please tell the viewers who you are because I think I would fall short of words if I had to describe you. Um, okay, thank you very much Mukda. It's a pleasure to be having this conversation. Um, Hello, I'm Gotham. Uh, they, well, okay, let's say there's there's three things you should know about me. First is that I am a hopelessly in love romantic. Second is that I always strive to be a, an inspiring, inspired, and a loyal friend. And lastly is that I'm an excited student of life. Let's just say that. So every single thing that I do, every single project that I'm in professionally, personally, uh, you know, personal growth-wise, it, it needs to check these three boxes. It needs to make uh, my romantic interest really proud of me. It needs to make me a loyal friend, be an inspired friend or an inspiring friend, and, you know, learn things in life. So that's uh, that's what Life Plugin is about. That's that's what I do. That's what I teach. That's what I study. So uh, I'll tell you guys how Gotham came into my life. So here hey, Aisha. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Aisha. And I see a lot of life plugin people uh, there, the LP Strike members. So, uh, Gautam, I don't know if you know this, or maybe I don't know if I told you this, but there was a point of time when I had to take a call between living in Toronto and coming back to India because it looked like the work I had to do had to happen in India because we have no one uh, offering these services here. And it was a critical juncture. And before, that like before I was in Toronto with my daughter, I spent like a year and a half just being a nomad traveling around because what had happened with my own journey is I couldn't relate to people anymore. I, I just couldn't relate to the people in my life from my past. And to me, um, hi everyone, there's so many LPS people here joining this. Yes, so Pancham. Yeah, when, when I had to come back to India, I was like, wow, shit, okay, I'm going back, but who would be my friends, right? Like, how would I even have a social life because I can't connect anymore to the people from my past life and then you showed up on Instagram and I I don't remember what were the things you said but I remember one line that you said that if you're a misfit and if you are someone who's like <laughs> not <laughs> you know you're one of those crazy weird people then 
come here, be a part of our tribe, and come for the summit, and you'll find more people <laughs> like you, right? So that like, sounds yeah. like me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was something like that. Those might have not been the exact words, but I literally asked the universe to kind of manifest a, a social network for me in India when I came back, and I think I signed up for the first LPS summit that I'd come to right there from Toronto itself, and. It was incredible. I mean, listening to you, listening to the the speakers who came on stage, and then the tribe itself, right? Like knowing there were so many other people in India who were personal growth junkies and who really, really cared about learning and having fun while doing it. It, it, it just it really helped me a lot. In fact, a lot of the tribe members are part of uh, the I tribe tribe. Like some of them became my uh, like you know they needed help with. Their health and I help them out. So it's it's really been such an amazing thing to have discovered you on Instagram, and then my life really has changed since then. So thank you so much for it. And what really appealed to me is is what you called as the Disneyland of learning, right? So what's that about? What is the Disneyland of learning? Um. Well, I'm still building it. Uh, <laughs> to me, it's a uh, it's it's similar story. I think what you just mentioned is uh, the idea that we we. either go to a place or move to a new location or come back to an old place where we don't have any any connections in and i was in that kind of a stage when i went to my university i went to a completely new city uh, i didn't know anyone there and you know i stumbled upon a bunch of people who seemed to be doing cool stuff my age doing cool stuff having a good time at the same time and it was part of this organization called iset right and i i joined that and this was now 13 years ago was you know to this day i remember the day i joined isec it's like second birthday august 23 2008 you know to me it was so powerful it was the first time in my life where i realized you can learn you can engage in activities that support your growth while adding value to others all while you can have a ton of fun along the way so to me Uh, it's i'm looking at it in hindsight right when i started my business but when i was there that's what i was chasing ah is it is it just this one experience that i got lucky in or ah no then i joined another similar experience through isec and it was the same thing but even more amplified then another thing then another thing then i joined mind valley which was also started by isec alumni right and i i started following these breadcrumbs and started looking for ecosystems that are driving your learning and growth and they're trying to add elements i don't know if they're trying to add element but it seems to be really fun right so my quest is to you know if we can figure out a way to learn and grow while having a ton of fun that i would never want to leave like never right so with that's the premise for me behind creating an ecosystem which is like a you know like a playground for growth or what i call uh, disneyland of learning and growth is because to me it's like ah okay it's a playground i go meet my friends there i hang out with them i do weird things with them we even do unspeakable things together and at the same time <laughs> we come back from that experience and we start noticing things are have positively shifted in our life so to me that's the the quest that i'm on to creating an ecosystem that works or that represents like a disneyland so there's a sense of adventure play friendships transformation yeah and it has been that right so you said these things and you actually delivered these not just through the two summits that i was part of but even post summit the relationships that were built it's always been fun it's always been full of 
like some of the things we've done there, like the ice baths and that mm-hmm. stuff, is like <laughs> really challenging, right? But yeah. it's always been that. So to me, actually, honestly, even after I finished the first summit and I came back, um, not the first, I think the second one, and I came back, I actually brought a lot of practices from there uh, into my work for my team itself. For example, I remember one of the things that you had spoken about, which was. You know, the, the five things you can say to yourself when you look in the mirror, like you, you forgive yourself and then you express gratitude and you say you're pretty awesome. So we actually did a lot of those things. I think I told you about that also. And then, mm-hmm. of course, Neeraj Naik, Soma Breath, I mean, you introduced Neeraj at uh, the Goa Summit, I think. And then we've been using Soma Breath for our work in, in healing people uh, as part of the three-month program that we do and people reports for phenomenal things, right? So through you, I've actually experienced so many other people who are amazing, amazing healers. So mm. I've been following what you've been doing, right? Like through the lockdowns and I, I know they were difficult for all of us. And what I love about you, Gautam, is you, you never are like all love and light, right? When when things get dark, you speak about the dark stuff. You, mm. you do talk about it. You're not someone who's like spiritually bypassing uh, things that aren't really working well. So I've seen that authenticity and that integrity in you and you speak about things that don't go well also but i know that through the lockdowns also you life plugin celia like all of you tried to reach out and try to do things for the tribe and for me also the entire i thrive tribe and the focus on community really came uh, i think it was one of your tech talks where you spoke about the importance of a community mm-hmm. uh, of, of how isolation really uh, is what really breaks us down so how did you figure out that it was like having a community, having a tribe is what really made a big impact in people's, like how did mm. you figure out the importance of that? Because I'm seeing it's a vital element in, in the mm. work I do as well. Yeah. Well, there's there's a few things, right? And I think in the TED talk, TEDx that you're mentioning yeah. is uh, currency of belonging. It's the second one. Yeah. Uh, the importance of community and belonging by now is common knowledge, or I, at least in my bubble, where you know there's there's enough blue zone studies done. There's there's if you have to find scientific literature that can backtrack uh, loneliness with addiction, loneliness with mental health issues, loneliness with divorce rates, suicide rates, everything comes back to like person experience having a subjective experience of loneliness. Right? For me, it started again 13 years ago. I moved to a different place left, uh, you know, uh, took uprooted myself from my existing ecosystem from Delhi to Chandigarh, right? And I didn't know anyone. And then I joined an organization that felt became like family to me, right? So, and that created, that sowed the seeds for the greatest transformations of my life that was done 13 years ago, right? So that had a very strong impact on me. And I spent six years with that organization studying and, and working with them. I was unconsciously swimming in this bubble why I was feeling so good and growing so fast was because I was in an ecosystem where uh, you knew that you belong. You knew that you matter to other people and you could still have a lot of fun with them. And then I joined Mind Valley, which is an organization on uh, personal growth and uh, they have a great community. And so I joined that and it further accelerated my passion and my growth in the context of another community. And then by that time in Mind Valley, I was already starting to speak about the subject more. I was getting attracted by, uh, you know, creating group experiences, community-driven experiences. And then I got my last role. I got promoted to figure out how do we turn, uh, you know, Mind Valley's 
core group of 3,000 people into a 300,000 people cult, right? So, so that took me into a quest of, okay, let's research this. Now we've got to bring in advisors. I started reaching out to like the, the one of the founders of Zumba, the guy who turned the company from zero to a billion dollar brand, right? Jeffrey Perlman, he's a very close mentor of mine. He lives actually half an hour away from us now. But so he he trained me and he, he mentored me and you know Vision and a bunch of people from Mind Valley on the importance of community. How do you build it? And I started reaching out to some great communities in the US, right? Where I had the network, where Vision connected me with a bunch of guys. One of them I spoke about in my first TEDx talk that went that caught a lot of traction. I spoke about a case study that of my role model, and I talked about how amazing tribe-centric person this is. His name is Elliot Pisnar. The talk went around on social media about 7 million times or something. What happened of the amazing things that happened, one of the amazing things that happened is that people started sending that talk to him, saying, hey, this guy is talking about you, just check it out. He found, he, he liked the talk, and he figured out who this person is, what's his contact number, he's very influential. What's his contact number? One day I'm in the airport c coming from like Jamaica back to KL, which is where I was living. On the airport, I get a call from Elliot saying, hey, I saw your talk, I love it. Uh, next time you come to US, you stay with me in my home and then we talk about this subject more. And I ended up meeting him. So, you know, and I started getting invited uh, for ad either through advisory, through mentorship, as I, my professional role was expanding, I started going deeper and deeper down this rabbit hole of how communities are getting built with intention, whether it's in the US or a global brand like Zumba and my own experiences from ISEC in India. And I started putting them together and all of this was happening while I was building Life Plugin. So I had my like testing ground to test every single hypothesis that I have. Oh, this is what I have, let's put it there. Yes, you were the, you were, no, oh, you, right. you came, you came right after the beta test. So you were like beta version two. Beta version one was okay. like 2008, 18. You came still in a good place. <laughs> yeah. So it just, I think I just followed the, the breadcrumbs of what's happening. It's just a subject that speaks to me the most. And I really like the thing that genuinely helped me the most was not even community was friends. And I, I run a personal growth company, right? And I really, I really think if every single person in this world has three to five, no more, three to five close friends that, you know, you can, that push each other to grow, that you can be vulnerable with, you can be, you can laugh with, do unspeakable adventures with, and, you know, be openly biased towards. If everyone has three to five of these friends in their life, we don't need a self-help industry. We, we wouldn't need such a big mental health awareness campaign. We wouldn't need most of the stuff that we are dealing with. It's just a consequence of the lifestyle that we've slowly started moving towards. Not good or bad, right? But the pendulum is shifting from uh, our society being recogni uh, recognizing that we are an interdependent species into going towards extreme end of, hey, I want to be independent. You know, I want to just, uh, we move in the name of independence. We move cities in the name of independence, economic interests, personal interests, right? And we're moving more and more towards the rugged individual without recognizing that our strength is in our interdependence, right? And our interdependence, friendships, close family members, they play a much bigger role, even in your health, like way bigger role in your health and your longevity than, you know, most of the nutritional supplements that you take. I may be exaggerating a little bit, to you, but no, but I think they do, they do, they do. 
Yeah. Right? There's blue zone studies done on it where people live yeah. most, like, uh, like more than 100 years old consistently. There's seven in the world. And the number one correlating factor with human health and longevity confirmed is not your job, not your food, nothing. Your strength of your social connections come at the number one for your health and longevity. So then, then we backtrack from there and then see, okay, how is my lifestyle either in alignment with me wanting to live a long, healthy and fulfilling life versus uh, in misalignment with it. So Life Plugin tries to fill that gap in our own unique expression. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's really beautiful. And you know what you said about longevity and health, we've, we've seen that in our studies as well in terms of like when we do our research papers and stuff, we actually saw there was one community where there was a gas spill or something like that, like the entire community was exposed to this really toxic chemical. But when researchers went there and they started looking for side effects and the down, uh, like downfall internal, like what would happen to the metabolic health, these guys were much better than another community where something similar happened because these guys had stronger interpersonal, like they were there for each other. Right? Mm. So there's actually a fully published research paper around that. And I Could you send it to me after this? I will, I will, I will, yeah. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I, I should have. That's cool. Yeah. Yes. But Why didn't you? <laughs> I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but yeah, we've seen that. Like even in the work, I keep saying this, right? Like the entire focus has been to build a tribe, uh, so that like when people start off on their healing journey, whether it's food, whether it's supplements, whatever they're doing with us, we we put them in this WhatsApp group where everyone else is there. And initially, that group was literally created as a recipe exchange platform. Okay, we're taking you off gluten. Let's find other ways to make roti's and breads and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then over time, it became something else. And I was like, wow, I'm not even needed here. Because people are literally helping each other out in that group. I sent you a couple of screenshots of like people getting really excited about you coming and talking, right? But that's the group. And it's phenomenal what I see there that even after people finish partnering with us for three months, like we do their before blood work, after blood work, and all of that, they tell me that they've been able to sustain the gains or even continue to, you know, work towards their health because they're part of the Thrive Tribe where Everyone's talking about health every day, right? Like someone's asking some question and then it just keeps inspiring you and it keeps motivating you to continue on the path. So I have seen that and it's, I don't know why other um, nutritionists, healers are not really capitalizing on this community-based healing model, right? It's, it's really underestimated to build it into your own practice and bring it in. But it was good for me to kind of see you validating that big time as well, right? Because I didn't really start that off with, because of research. I did it literally for a recipe exchange place, right? And then it suddenly snowballed into this group that was doing things for each other. So it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, what I really want to talk about also, there's so many I want to talk about, but one of the things is like you've been speaking about self-sabotage like on, on uh, the Life Plugin page. I, I saw a couple of videos of people self-sabotage their own growth journeys, their own personal growth journeys. I've seen that pattern even when it comes to health. Uh, I also wanted to really focus on the subject of today's talk, which is how to turn personal growth into a lifelong adventure, literally a lifelong adventure, right? because that is what it is. So pick one topic and go. Can you guide me a bit better? When we, are, <laughs> when we are there with our notebooks and you'll be like sitting, like Gautam's giving us something to do now, like with full meditative state, and you'll be like, mm. you have two minutes to do this. So I, I'm just doing this to you. 
But okay. I think we could we could speak about what we really mean about personal growth being a lifelong adventure. Why why would why would we want to frame it like that? Like a lot of people mm-hmm. think that you begin on a growth journey and in a month you'll be done. Like you'll be enlightened and that's that's the end of your journey, right? So what okay. what's your take on on this this okay. topic? I I let me. I think this is the quote from Tony Robbins, which sums it up perfectly. Said so it's 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 not about achieving a goal; it's about who you need to become to achieve that goal. That's the real game, right? And to me, that's the that's the premise of personal growth. It's who do you need to become? The joy comes from you know uh, seeing the death of your old self and you emerging as a new self. Whether it's your physical transformation, your professional transformation, your relational transformation, right? And to me, the any kind of success. Your level of professional success, personal success, seldom exceeds your level of personal development, right? Because you attract any kind of success by becoming the person that uh, that is worthy of it, and that to me is a never-ending cycle, right? Because why would you ever want it to end? Right? It's a and we we got to look at you know there's as entrepreneurs this is uh, this is what I tell CEOs when I speak with them is is there's so much we we are so exceptional with uh, pushing the boundaries and figuring out every single thing in our in our business and running, uh, we try like as best as we can. We put in everything, right? But we don't acknowledge that it's we're not the CEO of our business. We're also the CEO of our life, right? And there's different domains that we gotta that we gotta play around with because it's it's not an interesting game to me to be a forty-year-old balding, slightly balding dude with a red Ferrari and with a big stomach. It's not very interesting. Right, I, I want to look for how do I consistently grow intellectually. Right, so when I show up in a conversation, I'm learning and I'm able to add value. Right, how do I grow myself relationally so I don't just marry a person and have like a honeymoon period for three years, but have a deeply passionate and a relationship infused with mutual respect for thirty years? How does that look like? Right, it's a skill. Right, it's not something that magically given is given to you. Same thing with health. Right, if you want to go on. Adventures. I want to go on adventures when I'm 60, 70. You know, physical adventures. Otherwise, what am I building up for? Right. So all of these domains—your mind, your body, your your mentality, your emotional well-being—how strong can you be so that when things go bad, which eventually, inevitably, everybody will will deal with things that we don't want to deal with, right? How can you be a pillar of strength for you and the people that you care about when things are not going according to plan? Right, because that will happen, and they need. We need to have a sense of a bit of emotional resilience and and maturity, right, and and mindfulness to show up in those situations. Otherwise, we can also we can all lose our minds, right. If that happens, COVID is a perfect example. Like, how can I, especially when I'm away from my family, and in the last wave, I was terrified. My parents are in Delhi, right, and they're not. Uh, they they are very. I was very afraid that if something happens, I can't even go there. Right? What do you do in that scenario? Right? So this this training kind of helps me into saying, oh, okay, how can I be a pillar of strength for them now? Like, what can I do for them now? Right? And then there's many ways that it blossoms every now and then. But if the central practice is not that living growth as a lifestyle, if that wasn't the case, I would be losing my mind. I, when when the business numbers went from whatever the numbers were down to zero in one week. When COVID started, right? Because we're in a physical event space, 
I would panic. I would uh, go in different directions, which I did for about a week, right? And then we had to find our own center. But that practice of finding our center over and over again and playing the long-term game over and over again, whether it's business, whether it's relationship, whether it's health, whether it's our intellectual ability or spiritual ability, the more times you do it, the easier it becomes. So every subsequent time I face something uncertain, it becomes easier for me to manage. So it's just living growth as a lifestyle is a fundamental practice for me to navigate through life easily. I, I would agree. It's, it's, and I think 2020 was, was a beautiful, uh, uh, like what it did to all of us to kind of make sure we had to, had to look at how we could grow ourselves. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm not ignoring at all the horrors of 2020 for the people who lost their loved ones and the ones for whom it became really difficult to get through. But for me also personally, it was that, right? Like there was a month, I think this was April last year, when uh, we didn't even make enough revenues to pay salaries. And then I was like, I either close the business or I tell the team the truth and then we'll see who's continuing to stick because I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm going to, like, I'm never going to stop doing what I do. I want to do this for life. So I just spoke to the team at that time saying like, hey guys, we don't have enough money to pay salaries. What do you want to do? And then, oh my God, the team rallied around so beautifully and then, we made this arrangement at that time last year to kind of like, you know, share whatever happened at the company. So if, if we all made money, we were all going to get paid. If, if we didn't make money, we'll still continue doing what we were doing. And then at some point it became so good that we actually were paying double salaries to everyone because we were just sharing everything. Like it really showed me that if, if you focus on whatever was happening as, as a, as a challenge that the universe has thrown to you so that you could grow from there and become bigger than who you were in the last moment, like maybe 20 minutes from now you were somebody else and then now you're someone else. You just continue to grow. And I think when I first came for the LPS summit, I was just a solopreneur. I was doing this thing on my own. Now I have a team of 21 people and I still don't know how that happened, right? It's a funded company and it's, it's like going at series A and stuff like that. And I can honestly tell you, it's, it's been that, like that ability to continue to focus inwards and say, okay, some challenge came, what am I going to do to kind of fix this, right? So that's why sometimes I always look like I'm on caffeine and I'm like, <laughs> always energetic, but it's literally that. So I've had my dark moments also where I've completely broken down and I, I tell the team at Thrive also, like you join Thrive, you're going to cry at some point for sure. Uh, some people cry on like, the day two or day three because it's a place where vulnerability and authenticity is really honored. But people understand that that growth comes from there, right? Like, and if they continue to focus on their own growth, then they grow. And when they grow, then the entire company grows. So I am a big fan of this. And I keep telling people that if you focus on your growth, and I think that's again something that came from Mind Valley as well, Gautam, like the entire focus on personal growth and personal transformations, right? So mm -hmm. I, I really find so much truth in what you said as well. Uh, you know, I want to speak about a couple of things that you've been speaking on Insta, uh, like self sabotage itself. Why do people do that? Why do people, like, why do they do it? They, they start off with a goal in mind and mm -hmm. then as they start progressing towards that, they start doing things to them so they'll take them back to who they were and then, you know, the guilt and the shame and all of that stuff. So you've been doing a lot of work in the personal growth space and what has been your experience? Why do people really do that? Well, first of all, whatever I will say, I'm 
speaking to myself as well on that right it's why do people why do we do it in in my mind right and part of the reason is our inherent programming right our brain likes uh instant gratification if it were up to our brain which it is and we are experiencing the consequences of it we like we have the reason let me digress a bit the reason why mindfulness is a buzzword right now is because everything is mindless and that's happened because of our brain has has most control over our environment right we never had to be mukda we never had to be mindful of food never for most of human history we never had to be mindful of food because it was scarce in nature right we would never walk past food and say ah oh, there's some food right never right because we have our programming is to see food and then eat it right but now with so much abundance we need to be mindful of it we never had to be mindful of breathing now there's mindful programs on breathing you have to breathe a certain way yeah we never had to be our lifestyle involved us to move around stand and then when we stand we breathe air in our lower parts of our our stomach which is what relaxes our system now we are sitting on our on our desk hunched over on our computers breathe only from the top parts of our lungs and that produces stress response right because we only time evolutionarily when we uh, we take short breaths is when there is uh, inevitable threat in front of us right so mindfulness of uh, breathing same mindfulness of thinking we never had so many thoughts before the amount of information that we're getting exposed to right now is insane right uh, we never had to be mindful of thinking now we have to be mindful of thinking so we need to bring mindfulness as a practice in every single thing that we are doing now coming to the point where you're saying why do people why do we fall into that trap even though we know certain things yeah. yeah right uh, uh, even though i know this is not good for me it's very hard for me to resist right? you know it's even though it's not good for me to eat extra or eat all these sugary food it's very hard for me to resist right and our brain is always looking for short term gratification we get a dopamine hit from it and there's i think this is a a quote from james clear which says that the the cost of good decisions is in the future the cost of bad decisions no the cost of good decision is in the present the cost of bad decisions is in the future so everything good creates suffering in the short term right and we need to understand that premise because everything that feels good right now and if you keep on doing it in overdrive then the long term consequences are dire right so why do people do it part of it is our inherent programming part of it is how we've made things way too easy for us to make bad decisions right and for all of us and and it becomes more and more difficult for us to to break through that trap what we need is a moment of clarity when we can say ah, okay ah shit this is not working well for me you know we all have moments of clarity my health is not working well for me i need to make a change if we don't change our environment and we just say ah i, I won't eat all of that chocolate cake that's in my fridge i just let me just hide it doesn't work in that moment of clarity we need to commit to something right so how to transition from uh okay i'm i'm self sabotaging is like they'll get one moment of clarity one moment of inspiration on that moment of inspiration you just need to act that's the that's the that's the holy grail if you act on that moment of inspiration you've won right because then every subsequent decision becomes easier throw out the cake easy commit uh, go sign up for a fitness program easy because now that you've signed up right go uh join like Six months later, there's an for me there was an expensive healing retreat that I had to go to, which was expensive for me, quite expensive. But in the moment of inspiration, I was able to say, okay, no, no, this is something that is really, really meaningful. And if I had just stayed back and with the thinking, whether should I go for it, should I not? Uh, would it be easy? What's the best time? 
my brain would come up with things like okay 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 no 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 relax it's uncomfortable right now you know it we only make the decision when that's the only option to make that decision that's why covid inevitably is a growth big growth opportunity for everyone because we didn't have a choice right we didn't have a choice but to innovate our business we didn't have a choice but to improve our health and fitness or we are uh, facing bigger danger when when there is no choice left it's easy decision is easy so when the moment of inspiration happens remove all the choices whether it's blocking the calendar signing up for something to me that's interesting because otherwise our brain is programmed to not do the hard stuff right and every single morning we have to do a reset again okay this hard stuff i'm doing because i know it will add value to me in the long run it's the it's the cost of good decision i'm paying today right and and if we don't have these reminders then it's easy to fall off track because we go through the day to day motion without resetting our mind every single morning oh that's my vision that's yeah. where i'm going that's yeah. why every single thing i'm suffering with right now is meaningful because it, it gives and in by the end of the day it just gives meaning to our current suffering no matter how great or small whether that suffering is is your fitness and going to the gym and suffering or whether the suffering is to learning more stuff learning is uncomfortable it that's it only it you learn there is usually yeah. a huge resistance to learning right yeah i was speaking with someone this morning and she's telling me that i know i want to do this and i know it's going to add to my skills but i dread the class right because i have to make a change in my brain when my brain has to do something different and it's energy and it requires to work right so mm-hmm. there is so much resistance to learning Oh, yeah. but yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some, there's some tactical things. So once we understand this, right? The, ah, okay. There's my. If you explain it to someone in their, uh, in their relaxed mind, hey, these are the things that are happening. This is why it becomes difficult. It makes sense to everyone because it's reasonable, right? It makes sense. Okay. Yeah, my brain does this, and we've had enough bad habits, and bad decisions, and good habits and good decisions to know that it's true. And then when we have that, then we move into the tactical aspect. okay what are the strategies that i apply so i don't fall yeah. into that trap right what are the strategies that i apply so that i don't go into my my monkey brain you know my my evolutionary reptilian brain that operates from fight flight or fear or instant gratification right because we have a rational mind we also have our spiritual entity which can be mindful and go through any suffering right so how do you reset that and then you follow different strategies but the strategic part is easy it's that when you have that moment of clarity ah i need to make a change if you, the uh, the difference between inspiration and transformation are the people who go from inspiration to transformation are the ones who take an action in that moment whether that action is block as tiny as blocking things in the calendar or as tiny as i we may talk about a bunch of books as tiny as ordering that book right after this life Yeah. Right. Ah, okay. I'm going to get this book and start. Okay. If you want to start with that book, the book is called The One Thing. Let's say. Let's start with that. Right. The One Thing by Gary Keller. Like it's it's how to go into the strategy of if you want to make any change in your life, The One Thing by Gary Keller. It's like super profound book for me. So if you if you guys want to use this moment of inspiration and get that book, get that one. Uh, Gary Keller is it? G- Gary Keller. K- yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the year that I read that book. That was the book that I made the most notes out of, and it changed wow. my my mornings for the next three years by just reading one book. 
So yeah. for me, what I've seen with my own self-sabotage patterns and the strategy that I used was something that came out of the Life Plugin Summit itself was to get an accountability partner because sometimes we need kicking in our asses, right? So mm-hmm. I, I recognized there were some patterns that I was going back to and like, you know, just hampering my own growth. And then I found an accountability partner for that. And like, I need you to check in on me for this. Because sometimes I'm not doing it for myself. And that's working as well, Gautam. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. it was in the first summit that we done the Shimla one where we done these three accountability partners for each other and we mm-hmm. did the summit with that. But it, that works yeah. with strategy as well for me. And that goes yeah. back to that when you spoke of three to five really good friends who will be there, who will give you feedback, who are obsessed with your growth so mm-hmm. much so that they do whatever is in their power to make sure that you grow because when you grow, they grow as well, right? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it really comes back to that. Uh, okay, someone's asking questions. So yes, this will be available on the recording will be available on Insta. And uh, how do you define personal growth? It's a journey or a destination. I think that's for you, Gautam. Okay. Uh, to me, it's a journey. It's a it's a journey, never ending journey on how can I constantly grow my mind, my body. My, my relationships, my spirituality, my emotional well-being and constantly engaging in this aspect because the growth as an it's a spiritual need. Every human being, we, the, uh, the thing that correlates with happiness, the two spiritual needs are growth and contribution. Right? When you add value to somebody else and when you're feeling the sense of growth, it's not when I make if I if I make 10 million dollars a year and then I'm I'm making that for the next five years, I will not be happy anymore. Because the progression is not there, right? And it, the prog- right. it's the progression that makes, that creates fulfillment, creates joy, also biologically creates this dopamine effect, right? And you can take it spiritually. What we're doing is we are here to actualize ourselves, right? How do you self-actualize, right? So there's this Maslow's hierarchy. You can look at it from that standpoint. How do I self-actualize? How do I grow in every aspect of my life and make the most of this life, right? So that's, to me, it's a never-ending journey. When we stop, le- who said this? I think, uh, I think it was Einstein who said, when you stop learning, you start dying. So the aspect of growth yeah. is that. Right? The moment our learning stops, we start deteriorating. The moment you start learning new things about growing any aspect of your life, any, any muscle you stop using, it starts to atrophy, right? It, stop, it starts to become useless and it starts to die, right? So it's a, it's a daily, uh, it's a perpetual uh, rhythm that at least the view that I have of growth and that I want to inspire in life plugin as a, as an ecosystem and inspire that inspires me back, you know? So I would say that. And there's another question. How do you stop the monkey mind? How do you stop the monkey mind? Yeah, mm. Mine doesn't stop at all. Like my mind does more monkey than anything else, but uh, how yes. do you stop the monkey mind? Because uh, this person, I can't read the name. I think that's something to do with the screen brightness. But um, mm-hmm. can't able to focus, so they can't focus for long because the monkey mind is going off. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's that's normal. the The answer is very simple. It's called meditation. And what does meditation mean? Right? It's uh, you can just sit for five minutes and just sit with breathing. Go on if you want to start Google. Find what is meditation like. And if you don't want to figure that out, just sit, close your eyes and focus just have a few deep breaths and your mind will start racing it will never stop but when it does just notice it when the moment you can notice it because when your mind is racing you're racing with it 
the moment there's this awareness that, ah, my mind is racing again. Take another breath, reset, and then, okay, what's happening now? And every single time we can be aware that our mind is racing or something is happening that I wasn't unconscious, that was previously unconscious, that's an opening for enlightenment. And that's an opening for mindfulness, right? So there's many mindful practice, but I will give you a simple tool, which is useful, which we did in, in, our, in, in our meetups. And it's, it's, the, it's, it's called, look up on YouTube. It's called the sacred art of pausing. And here's an example of this. If we can, right before this call, Mukda, I told you, I need two minutes uh, before I come on the call. And every, before every webinar, before anything important, before even going sometimes with Celia out, if it's a romantic date, I, I would just pause. I'll close my eyes and take five to six deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth slowly. And then I'll just see what's present. It's just an exercise to be present. Like what's present right now? What's happening with my hands, my body, with my stomach? The, relax if there's some obvious tension. What's happening with my mind? Just check in. There's no objective. And what that does is that it just, it doesn't stop the monkey mind from running and screaming. But if, if there, there's, you know, it's like you have two kids, right? One is a happy one. And one is the one who just screams like super annoying that you want to, in your bad moments, you want to hurt them, right? Like that child, right? But, but if, if you, but if you try to parent, right, you have to parent your emotions, your monkey mind the same way, right? If, if you just put that annoying child in the basement and leave them there, they'll just keep on screaming more and more and more. They'll just keep on getting louder. It doesn't stop, right? And what we, if the child is crying, a good parent, what would they do? It's not just, oh, this is my healthy child, this is my para bacha, and the other one is not important. When we do that, that thing keeps on becoming bigger and bigger, and it becomes a bigger monster in real life and also in our mind. So when we are not acknowledging things that are negative, what it does, it just becomes, it becomes a bigger and darker cloud. So the part of the mindful practice is to bring awareness and acceptance to whatever there is. Right. So it's a monkey mind will just stop jumping as hard if you just say, OK, you have my attention. OK, you're jumping again. No problem. Let me breathe and I'll sit with you while you jump. Right. Over time, it starts to slow down. Right. Because now you've created this, this space. Right. You can respond rather than ah, this mon monkey is jumping again. What do I do? Right? And this wisdom is like the coolest example of this is that they did a study where they, they got a couple into a couple therapy and they said, hey, we want to test. Mm. They were going through therapy and said, we want to test what happens to your to your heart rate variability, your your muscles, your temperature and what's happening in your brain. We want to measure that while you go through therapy. And so they plugged them in and they made them sit on the couch and the experimenter comes and says, hey, you know what? Uh, let's let's start the therapy. And they start talking within five minutes. It's it's getting complex and already uh, conflicting. Right. When you're trying to unpack 20 years of stuff that you put under the rug, it just right. starts to explode. Right. So the experimenter comes all of a sudden says, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Our machines are not working. Uh, we just have to reboot the machines to measure your HRV and temperature and brain activity. Can you just take 15 minutes in the corner? Just sit there and we'll reboot the machine and then bring you back. Okay. They made them sit without any agenda. No, no objective. They just sat with themselves. And then when they came back, they replugged them. And what they found is that they were approaching the same problem in a more collaborative way. Right? Their, their, their 
all their indicators of their body, they were a bit more relaxed and they were trying to find a solution rather than just going into that reactivity zone. And that's what even an unstructured pause does, right? So how do we deliberately do a pause is sit with yourself for two to three minutes, breathe, eyes closed, without judgment, mind's racing, then that's what's present, right? If your hands are tingling, then that's what's present. If you're thirsty, then that is what is present. There's no judgment, right? So, and that's the practice of mindfulness, easier said than done. That is a lifelong yes. mindful practice, right? But that's the idea. How do you stop the monkey mind from jumping? You can't stop it. But when it does jump, just bring awareness to it. So it stops asking for unnecessary attention and it stays unresolved for the rest of eternity. Uh, we have one more question. How do you get yourself out from self-sabotage? Mm, few things. Well, first, get that book. Uh, the one thing it is easy to start. But what I would say overall, generally, some self-sabotage is focus on pick one aspect. That's not the premise of the book, actually. But pick one thing that you want to change, not the whole life. And that's the first thing to understand. Pick one thing and then commit for the long run. Self-sabotage happens is because we are impatient with, I'm trying to do this. I did it for a month and things haven't changed. I exercise for three months, but my body doesn't look like a rock star, right? Or this is one of the reasons why that happens, right? And I'm just giving an exaggerated example, but it is you, once we pick an area that we want to make an impact in, play the long-term game, like pick, where do you want to be in this area five years from now? And what should you do now? And here's why it's, it's, cognitively diff difficult to process is the compounding effect. I like this story where, you know, imagine you're, there's a guy who, who say you have a pond. Let's say you have an empty pond in which a guy says, hey, here's a bunch of lilies and every year they will double in size, right? And every year they will double in size. And in 30 years, your pond will be 100% full with lilies. And you're like, great deal, right? I said, let me sign up, give me those lilies. But what you don't realize is that in 29 years, if 30 years it will be full, in 29 years, it will only be half full. In 28 years, it will only be one quarter full. So imagine putting 28 years of effort and you only see one fourth of the pond full. Most people give up way before that because we don't, we don't understand that anything lasting, any kind of lasting transformation comes in our life, personal, intellectual, relational, financial, with compounding, compounding growth, right? So pick an area and uh, do the small little things every single day consistently for the long run. And then lastly, and this is where it comes from the book, is when you, when you're when you find yourself in self-sabotaging, chances are when you're trying to make a change in your behavior, sometimes you just fall, it just falls through. It just doesn't come, you don't have enough willpower because willpower is a physical source of energy. You can increase your willpower by ingesting glucose in your system as well right? Uh, measured, uh, scientifically proven. But our willpower is, as a physical source of energy, is at the highest in the morning, right? So if, if you're finding yourself in self-sabotaging behavior, the first thing to do is to make your morning routine non-negotiable and start your morning with working on the thing that you were self-sabotaging on before. If you just do this and nothing else, we just block the first one hour with your phone on flight mode still, not on. With your computers off, not even the Wi-Fi thing plugged in. Right? First one hour, whatever that is. Like somebody asked how to stop your monkey mind. 
right? If you give your first one hour reading, learning, meditating, doing whatever for that thing, it becomes very easy. Right? Elite athletes, they call this, this philosophy that eat the frog first. Right? Do the most difficult thing first. Right? And if you do it in the morning, it, you will notice it's very easy as opposed to uh, through the rest of the day because every yes and no decision depletes our willpower. Right. So pick one area, see the compounding effect. Right. And then once you once you see the compounding effect five years down the line, that's where you need to be every single morning. Chip away at it one step at a time, one step at a time and try to see, measure. And you will notice between three to six months, you'll start seeing noticeable progress between six to 12 months. It will start becoming significant that other people will come up to you and say, hey, what did you change? And in three years, it will be undeniable. Right. But it takes it takes about three years. Like vision, vision says that most people, I'm jumping a bit back and forth. Says most people overestimate what they can accomplish in one year, but they underestimate what they can accomplish in three years. Again, long-term vision. Have a long-term vision. Where do you want to be five years from now? And then start today. How do you start today? In your mornings. Five years, morning. Five years, morning. Eventually, five years later, you will come and it would have already been realized. And this, that self-sabotage, I hope wouldn't be a valid concern anymore. And and I think Gautam, the, as we grow, right, we find more and more audacious goals. So we'll find more things that we continue to fail at also. That's been my personal experience, right? So you might be self-sabotaging something now and then you fix it and you grow out of it. You'll find something new that you have to now kind of overcome, right? And then you might have the same self-sabotage pattern, but then different strategies might work. So it's not like like at least this has been my personal experience. I don't know if you've seen this with yourself or with other people. Mm, that's interesting. One. Yeah, like this... I have seen, like I pick goals and like the journey is fun and all of that. And then I read someplace and then I say, okay, I want to do this now. And then I find new ways to kind of get in my own way. And then I have to find new strategies to get out of my way. And that's where my growth also comes from. Right? Like I become a different person through that journey yeah. itself. Part of the self-sabotaging, I think then is by like, it's, not it's self-sabotage is that when you've committed to something you want to do it and there's some resistance you're experiencing then it's a good idea to see what's happening inside what do i believe about myself what is my current self-image and because that is is a permanent shift if you change your self-image to someone if you always feel i'm not worthy of this goal or i will already fail there's this voice in our head if you're feeling that that's the voice which is self-sabotaging your your results yeah. And that voice needs to transition. And that, that's a bit deeper work on subconscious programming. How do we change our self-image so that if we can learn, if we believe about ourselves that I can learn anything. If, if, if I commit to something, I can, that's, that's my belief now. It wasn't there 10 years ago, but it is now. What was I saying? Ah, yeah. So then to me, it is a, it's, it's, an, it's an aspect of changing our subconscious programs. Right. And, yeah. the, and the, the truth is, the first time is the most difficult. Right. When you have zero proofs, I have enough proofs. I, right. I transitioned from like 22 percent body fat to nine percent body fat in body. I transitioned from hundred dollars a month full time job salary to wherever I am now. Right? I transitioned from physically, emotionally, relationally, financially. There's enough areas that I put consciousness in and I transitioned on the other side. Right. So to me, by now, the next next skill becomes easier. But the first time right, any area that I was walking towards, it was very difficult. Right. And I would sabotage myself and I will f just keep on take one step 
forward two steps backwards when that is happening it's a good idea to see what is it about myself that i believe right and look at our own self image and try to address that first a cool book to start with is called psycho cybernetics is the holy grail for changing your life is the is the premise behind the personal mastery journey program of life plugin as well very strong influence it's by dr maxwell molds and that's that what what that does it just trains our brain to not to to stay in alignment with our goal m a x m m a ah molds m a l t z l t z okay yeah Oh, thanks. He was you were talking about the book. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a old classic. It's a from ni- Tony Robbins' uh, vision. Uh, are also fans of this book. A lot of their work got inspired through this. So it's a very old philosophy, still valid today, right? So and for me, it's it's uh, if the self sabotage is a is a persistent thing in our life, then this is where I would start, like my own beliefs about myself. Because if we don't feel worthy, it's always been yeah. yeah, like having to kill a old identity and move into a new identity. That's that's where uh, I realize I get stuck, right? Like I literally mm. have to shift identities and move into a different state of being itself. So that's mm. where the sabotage sometimes comes. Like the old identity is still trying to hang on to itself and mm. going through these familiar patterns, and then I'm like, no, this is my goal, and I want to be this, and then I have to like shift into that. Right? I literally have to kill an identity. it sounds very very scary but it's, it's like I, it's yeah, the it, path it is yeah yeah and there's there's that. enough strat- there's enough strategies for it there's like depending on what the customized question is because we can keep on going deeper into the philosophy of it yeah but not as useful pick uh, what specific strategy you're looking for the book will point you in the right direction but the subject is belief hacking the modern terminology or psycho cybernetics that's where i would start Oh. All right. So, Gautam, I know you're not doing the summits anymore. We're waiting for like the lockdowns to open up and stuff like that. But what is it that you're doing? Uh, how, how are you helping people now? And where do they find you? How do they find you? How, how do they work with you if they have to? Um, right now, there's one is through personal coaching, but that's only five people, right? Uh, so, one-on-one okay. coaching. The other is through our online program called Personal Mastery Journey, which is a 21-day okay. program for people to learn how to not self sabotage themselves for any area of their life that they choose right so it's a 21 day program for you to learn your own self coaching practice so that's the one that has that we created during the lockdown and that's the one that's we've been we've been running so far and then we do like uh, a high end event but that's only for again 10 people it's like a four day deep immersive uh, experience uh, the last one that we did in rajasthan called life plugin adventure where we bring like 10 people and then we do a lot of individual mentorship uh, some uh, deep healing work plant medicine ceremony and all of that and then our hmm then our summit or our big events we are try- we are going to resume them for just for the life plugin tribe members not to anyone who's not there first in july and we go- we will open uh, you're the first one who's hearing it actually uh, because we had that discussion yesterday So we are we are we're going to be in July most likely end of July we'll do like a quick reunion like 70 80 people do a bit wow. of healing work and then do some like fun stuff together for like a weekend and then our summit is scheduled to be in October uh in Goa yeah 
Right. And then if people want to sign up for the personal coaching program, do they come? Do they come to the website? Do they reach out to the Instagram page? Uh, How do they find me? They, they, there is you can't sign up for it this year, so uh, oh, no point. And then the but, personal mastery journey that one is through the website. Uh, through the website, if you just look for okay. personal mastery life plugin, you'll you'll find it. And okay. um, yeah. you can just Google personal mastery life plugin, and they could find it. because there are a lot of people who have questions. I think who would do really well if they went through your program because I have seen even the three day life summit journeys. Have shifted my mindset, right? Like before and after, and I've then seen growth. And then six months later, I came for the next summit, and then I've seen growth. And I know how deep you guys go in, and how much mm-hmm. change actually bring about in someone's mind space. So cool. Yeah, thank you. I think we kind of over time we planned for forty-five minutes, but uh, I mean, with you on board, we could talk for hours. <laughs> I know. So uh, there are a few questions there. Um, I have another 10 minutes, but I think the, the Instagram live will stop. So we'll have yeah, to do Instagram this. Yeah, Instagram live will get done. So in two I, minutes. I maybe, yeah. So uh, someone's asking, uh, when we say mind and body have inertia, when we try to take discipline, mind and body gives up, this, this happens again and again. Is this natural? Yes, it is natural. It's... Uh, it's our, we, our evolutionary programming is to find instant gratification. That's, that's, our, that's our wiring. So we need to bring consciousness and use our willpower to make any lasting changes. Right, so it's, yeah, it's, it's totally natural. We just, we, we are not, we are not designed, our, our software is not designed to function in the world that we live in, right? Our, our software was designed for a different kind of world. So there is this misalignment and that misalignment can be rectified or solved through bringing consciousness, bringing mindfulness, and bringing you know uh, deliberate long-term practice. Right. So yeah, it's it's. If the question was, is it natural? Yes. Can it be shifted? Yes, very easily. I agree. And there's one more question. Life is not going to happen the way you think it should happen. Um, I don't know. Like I, I've been able to design my life the way. I wanted to. What's your perspective on that? If someone says life is not going to happen the way you think it should happen, uh, that's true. Actually, that is true. It won't happen the way it should happen. Then what do we do? Right? It's uh, our life. Like for me, right, right now we're also young. When we, when we, there's two lenses through which we should be talking about. Uh, first one is that um, there's this premise that I'm designing my own life. I'm, I'm setting goals for myself and I'm going to achieve them, right? But inevitably, life will throw curveballs at all of us. And we will lose our loved ones. How do you plan for that? You don't, right? But then the ability needs to be, ah, okay, how do I respond in the best, most useful way, right? So when things are not going according to a plan, what is the character that I need to build so that I can handle that, right? When COVID happened, if you didn't have a strong enough character, it was a character building opportunity. COVID is a perfect example where this was an opportunity where things didn't go according to plan. We didn't design our life according to it, but we were able to respond to it, right? But the, the shift in perspective is that every single thing that is happening in our life is, is serving our growth and evolution, right? That's, if, if you believe that, right? If every single thing that is happening is serving your growth and evolution, then when things don't go according to plan, then you ask yourself, how is it facilitating my growth? 
or if this has to be a good thing how might that be try asking yourself that question next time you do you'll be confused because whatever question you ask your brain your brain specifically answers that question if you ask how is life tough you will get 10 answers ask how is this right now a good thing that happened to me you'll start getting those answers as well right so you're right like whoever is asking that question that it's it won't happen according to how we plan it right and our hello hello are you are you back ah we're back okay so it won't happen happen according to plan but when things are getting shaken we need to develop our character to me that's the real quest who are you when when you're faced with storms because all of us will face really terrible storms in our life if we haven't right that's also true but that doesn't mean that we can't have fun that doesn't mean we can't plan right it's like uh, baba ramdas said that you got to remember your buddha nature and your social security number both of those things are true <laughs> Right? You 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 gotta have this this resilient perspective that yes everything I need to respond to but at the same time you're living in this world so when things are good when things there are things you can influence then we should influence otherwise we're doing a disservice because there's a growth opportunity and we're not taking it just because things will not work out uh, in life anyway that's if that's a not a very useful mindset. Yes, yes. I agree. All right. I think we should end it here. And thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I the entire intention of doing this show is to bring people like you and show people there's an alternative narrative, right? Like there are ways in which you can heal and grow and like you know build on yourself, no matter what's happening outside of the world. Because unfortunately, unfortunately, mainstream media doesn't do that. Like there's so much fear, fear, fear everywhere that people kind of sometimes just get jaded and give up on themselves. So. Thank you so much for being part of this. Um, so much love for you, and yay, July! Let's do this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Mukta. And yeah, I hope this was uh, valuable. It was. It was very valuable. Thank you so much. All right. Bye bye. I'm going to end right. the live and the broadcast as well. All right. Ciao. Bye, guys. Bye. All right, folks. That's the end of this episode. I hope you got something of value from this episode. If you are enjoying a podcast and if you haven't yet started following us please go ahead and follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on Spotify Apple all over and do share this podcast with your network because more people need to really be told the truth about health wellness and healing if you do share this podcast on your Instagram stories then I'm going to give you a special shout out in my next podcast until then this is Mukda Pradhan your host at iThrive's exclusive podcast signing off and I'll talk to you soon <laughs>